Hello again, my friends, and welcome back to Introvert Rants, the only podcast where you get to listen to a shy person go on and on about any and everything. I'm your host, Ashley Bray, and I'm so excited to be back after last week's technical difficulties that unfortunately did not allow me to record the episode. Luckily, I've gotten everything straightened out, gotten all the equipment that I needed back, and I'm ready to go this week. I was scared there for a moment. It was looking like we were going to become a every two week show and I wouldn't want that. I'll miss you guys too much. So let's get on with letting you know what this show is going to be about. And this week's episode is going to be about, you guessed it, politics and race, because what else is going on in the world except hurricanes and a pandemic? Anyway, today we'll be talking about Kamala Harris, silence and the Black Lives Matter movement. And lastly, this week's Republican National Convention, or as I call it, this week's episode of SNL. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the observation deck. Long, long ago, Back when times were better in America and we had an actual leader by the name of Barack Obama, I began to follow the White House Facebook page. Like many of you, probably, you know, for updates, news about new legislation being passed or pick here, there, the first family. It was a glorious time. Since 2016, for some reason, though, I never turned off the notifications and needless to say, it's resulted in a lot of anger, frustration, and even sadness over the years when I've actually clicked on one here or there to see what our new pseudo commander in chief was doing or lying about, depending on which day of the week it was. Fortunately, though, I did leave another set of notifications on that manages to bring me some sense of normalcy and even joy, at least occasionally. And that notification, or that set of notifications, rather, comes from old trusty CNN. Though they often find themselves in the same spot on the opposite end of the spectrum, though, as Fox News... I do appreciate the fact that they are at least in touch with reality these days, which is there's something to be said for that. Anyway, last week I received a notification from CNN that Kamala Harris was giving her speech accepting the nomination for VP of the Democratic Party. And as I sat and watched, so proud to be a black woman in that moment, my eyes traveled down to the comment section on my screen where I saw some of the ugliest and most hate-filled comments from people who were clearly not happy about the events taking place. And as I read them, my face got hot with anger, with embarrassment, with pain, and with other things that I can't identify or describe, to be honest with you. Just a lot of stuff going on. It's feeling a lot of things and none of them were positive. And just as I was about to put my phone down to complain, to 
be upset, to talk about my frustrations with being a black woman in America. Kamala's words caught me, or rather they caught my attention. And I looked away from the comments to her face. And what I saw was a genuine smile. And at first, I wondered to myself, does she have any idea about the ugly things these people are saying about her right now in this comment section? Because they were saying some ugly things. But almost as quickly as the question entered my mind, I also realized that she did. I'm sure this woman has heard it all over the course of time and definitely within the last few weeks and months since she actually ran for president. But what I also realized is that she clearly had made the decision on that night to allow the beauty and positivity of that moment to wash over her, regardless of the naysayers, regardless of any negativity that she knew would be present in that moment. So I decided that I would do the same. And I hope that's something that we can all decide to do moving forward, regardless of the situation, when we decide to enter some, into something new in our lives, or even if it's something that we've been doing, but that's something that we know, or a situation where we know that there will be people who disagree, disagree about what you're doing, and as a result, make comments about who you are, even though the, the two are unrelated. I hope that we all can decide to extract the good stuff from every moment and allow it to drown out the negativity and dissenting voices. I saw a post on social media this week following the death of Jacob Blake. And if you don't know, Jacob Blake is the black man in Kenosha, Wisconsin, who was shot seven times in the back by a police officer. And uh, right now there's a lot of protesting going on in the area. And as a matter of fact, some vigilante wannabe cop boy, 17 year old boy, actually shot two protesters the other night. So there's just a lot going on up there. And let's pray for those people. But um, again, I saw a post on social media this week and in the post, the person was expressing his frustration with black pastors not being more vocal about the injustices towards black people. And the thing is, you know, I guess in the case of black pastors, maybe they can stand to be more vocal and they have a platform and therefore a responsibility to speak on things like that, especially things that affect their parishioners. But on a personal level, uh, when I see posts like these, um, a part of me, and when I say posts like these, posts related to, um, you know, people expressing frustration about the silence of other black people when things like this are going on in the country. And uh, again, when I see posts like these, a part of me does feel guilty because I myself don't post about Black Lives Matter or racism on my page. Uh, for the most part. But another part of me feels that my silence on social media in regard to these issues is the best way for me to handle the situation because the way I feel about racism in this country and the different situations that happen between cops and black people, it's in constant turmoil and conflict. 
it's in constant turmoil and conflict uh, because my thoughts and my feelings on race relations come from the multidimensional person that I am. And, you know, I'm sure you are as well. Um, my thoughts and, you know, feelings about this come from me being a dark skinned black woman who grew up in poverty. They come from me being a social worker who's worked in the fields of mental health and health care and now law. They come from being a mother of two black children and one being a son. At the same time, there's only one black household, one other black household on my street. And there's also a Trump flag waving on the, one of the houses on my street. You see, I somehow managed to figure out a way to survive and even thrive in a world that isn't partial to me by following rules very closely that were taught to me by parents and guardians who understood what it would take for me to move forward in this world. And I'm just not sure how to reconcile an entire lifetime of working hard to fit and follow and conform to certain rules, you know, code switching when necessary. I'm not sure how to reconcile that with now being outspoken against a system that I was taught to adapt to in order to move forward. And I'm saying this because I know there are lots of people like me who are at a loss right now for what to do. And I want to be clear, I think it's absolutely horrible the way I see black men being treated in the streets by these cops. Um, I've had my own horrible experience with the cops and I understand. So I totally understand the frustration of my people right now and people who are out in the streets, you know, protesting and making their voices heard about, you know, what their fr frustrations are. But I myself cannot say unequivocally that I think that protesting without an absolute plan and a pipeline to change will fix it. I don't know what will fix it. Before 2015, which is when I, when I personally began to see race relations really unravel in this country, pardon my naivete, but I honestly believe that race relations in America would gradually improve on their own. I saw the way my daughter and her friends, even in preschool, got along, or so I thought. <laughs> I thought that I saw the, the change in this up and coming generation in the way that they saw each other and their acceptance of differences and their tendency towards open-mindedness. I saw that as a positive and a way forward for race relations in America. But I definitely never saw us here. And now my fear, my biggest fear, is that things are only going to get worse and that America will be an even more dangerous place for my son, my black son, to grow up in than it would have been had this unrest never started. As you can see <laughs> by the disorganization of my thoughts right now as I'm speaking them to you, I'm extremely conflicted on this issue, as many of you who have also been silent probably are. I'm conflicted internally. I'm conflicted on a micro and a macro level as far as I'm conflicted as far as what 
I need to be saying or teaching or doing in my household. And I'm conflicted about what I think black people as a whole should be doing. There's just, there are so many moving pieces to this. Even the younger childless version of me is in conflict with the older married with two children version of me. So I came to the conclusion with all that being said, that my silence on social media where race is concerned is probably best. I mean, how do I boil down everything that I just said here into just one Facebook post? And just so you know, what I just shared with you was only a tip of the iceberg. So with that, my answer is, I can't boil it all down to one Facebook post, so I won't. And no matter what anyone says, I won't feel guilty about it. And neither should you. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this week, the Republican National Convention was held in Washington, D.C. And there's no nice way to put this. It was a hot mess. In the past, I've seen politicians make empty promises. I've seen them pander, embellish, and insinuate. I've seen them try entirely too hard. But never in my life have I watched this much outright lying on a national stage. I'm not going to get into the sordid details because this is just the rant portion of the podcast and y'all don't have the time. So I'll just say, I hope to God that this man doesn't get reelected. Because if he does, we're doomed. Introvert, out.